Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thanks for joining me today. If you're catching the show uh, live or in archive, uh, good to have you here. Uh, it is a beautiful day here in Phoenix, overcast, cloudy, and 80 degrees. Um, supposed to be rainy in 70s tomorrow, so we, we get happy here in, in Phoenix when, it, when it's like that, strangely enough. Well, not so strangely. Anyway, if it's your first time tuning into the show, uh, a little bit about me and a little bit about my radio show. I usually do about two or three broadcasts a month on Thursdays at 3.30 um, Arizona time. Uh, usually the shows are about 45 minutes. Um, a couple of different format themes. We do uh, a live column read like I'm doing usually at the beginning of the month today. And uh, even though it's not the beginning of the month, I just couldn't get to it last week. Uh, sometimes they do astrology update shows. I also take live callers during the astrology update shows for a couple minute mini readings, a card pull or rune pull or or uh, astrology question. I'll be doing one of those at the end of the month, and um, also doing Michael classes as well. Uh, check that out. Some all the shows have been archived. So you can catch any of the shows I've ever done. Um, I am a professional astrologer, as uh, well as navigational consultant, do uh, multiple forms of life coaching, working with oracles and things of that nature to help people become more empowered. work with clients both in office here and as well as by phone. If you want any information about any of that, go to my website, jimventura.com. Uh, I get all that info, and I uh, do a monthly column called Snake Oil, sent out each month. I found it already on the mailing list. Email me. AdventuraSag at Yahoo.com, and uh, you can get added to the mailing list and check out books or all these other things, and, and all of that is free, of course. So, um, again, yeah, most info, go to JimVentura.com. You should be able to kind of pick things uh, up uh, in that place there. Okay, so uh, this is our fresh uh, first of the month, so to speak, uh, show. So I'm going to do a live column read. Uh, I'm going to read the column. I want to talk about it uh, a bit in detail from there. Um, I typically don't take live calls uh, during the uh, column read shows, uh, only because uh, people have a tendency to kind of want to get the mini readings when I do that, and I really want to stay on subject during our, uh, our during this particular show. So um, I don't uh, do those uh, for the most part, unless someone just wants to comment on the column. Absolutely great to take callers that way uh, for these types of shows. So I'm going to launch right in. I'm going to read my my column again. This was actually a, re- a rerun column that was written back in late 2008, early 2009, and I believe ran in early 2009. Uh, very interesting. Uh, we'll talk about this more after I finish the read. But um, it was just funny to note, like how long ago that was. That that was almost uh, that was six years ago. It's pretty wild to uh, think it, how much time had passed since I actually had written this. Um, but anyway, so this month's column is called Rebuilding Roads. That's my column here. Okay, here we go. Uh, okay. Over a year ago, a Phoenix road crew started doing some road construction along the two-mile road that runs in front of my home. The project would supposedly end with new sidewalks, two wider lanes, and a third middle lane to help traffic flow better. They also planned on replacing sewer pipes and a few other upgrades as part of the reconstruction. I was all for the plan to improve the neighborhood, but the construction itself has been a series of tremendous roadblocks 
that have made the last year difficult for me as well as my clients and friends to navigate around. Some aspects of my life seem to be mirroring a similar theme. Destruction and reconstruction are very real themes that we experience physically in this world as well as emotionally and psychologically in our personal lives. Sometimes positive change is initiated by experiences that feel like one is being torn apart. While I knew that when the project was finished, we would have a much better road in the neighborhood, I still experienced extreme periods of irritation while this was being done. The past year, I've received a number of panicked phone calls from clients and students who were struggling to get to my home office and through the seemingly endless mess. There were a few times the construction and blockades were so difficult to get around that I had to climb curbs in my small car to get into my own complex. For a few months, I had to drive a mile out of the way each time I came in from the east to get home because the road only went in one direction. I often noticed many days in a row where there were no workers doing anything at all. A number of times I saw them only working on one tiny portion of the two-mile road for weeks at a time, while the rest of the road was nearly impossible to navigate through. The only good thing I could find in this frustrating situation was the opportunity to express sarcasm and humor about it with my clients and friends. Humor is often a helpful tool that decreases my irritation. I had all kinds of wise-ass comments about the road work. Half the time, it seems like they're just a bunch of teamsters walking around with coffee and donuts and doing nothing. How freaking long does it take to finish two miles of road in the first place? They can build entire casinos in Las Vegas in half the time. Is it possible to milk and stretch out a project only longer than this ridiculous one? Will I actually get to see this completed during my lifetime? In defense of the road crews, I have no idea how complicated and demanding the task of road construction really is. There's a very obvious reason why I still have soft hands in my 40s. Except for occasional gardening, I've rarely dirtied my hands in this life with any hard physical labor. So while I found myself often bitching and moaning about my frustration over how ridiculously long this project was taking, I knew there still had to be some valid reason why it seemed it never seemed to be finished. One night toward the end of the summer of 2008, I went for a walk late one evening. While I had to walk around piles of dirt and pipes on unfinished sidewalks and barricades, I finally made it to the neighborhood behind the torn-up streets. I walked past the peaceful houses where most of the inhabitants were sleeping and began to understand why all this was happening and taking so damn long. The reconstruction of the two-mile strip of road in front of my house perfectly mirrored what was going on in my personal life and, in some respects, in the United States itself. For many years in this country, we've experienced all kinds of roadblocks and problems, excessive greed, corrupt politics, inflated housing markets, banks lending to anyone without any real collateral, spending billions of dollars on a war and religious lunatics with false morality eroding a great country and leading us to this breaking point. We now need to collectively rebuild America and restructure some of its values and priorities. While things are tough for many Americans right now, we're definitely on the road to rebuilding a stronger country. In my own backyard, I'd overused credit cards for too many years, and it was time to find real solutions for getting out of this mounting debt. Eliminating this debt needed to be my top priority. I could not put it off any longer. I now have to work a part-time job on the weekends to pay off all of it for the next two years. While I was bothered at first and uncomfortable about my necessary sacrifice, I also knew it would inevitably result in increased prosperity. 
2009 is the year of the ox in Chinese astrology. Ox people are strong and sturdy and understand the value of hard work. When a wild ox is tamed and domesticated, it can transport heavy loads. In Chinese astrology, I was born in the year of the dragon. The aspects of the dragon fit me far more accurately than the ox, but I knew I needed to use some of the wisdom of the ox this year. Some extra hard work and a practical approach would be the keys to making 2009 a successful year for me. The road construction will be ending soon in my street. Traffic will move more freely. The value of our homes will likely increase because of this. The seemingly endless reconstruction of the road had an important message within it that I understood when I stopped battling the experience. A part of me had created it. Individually and collectively, we create our own reality. I've been a part of creating this and wasted some time feeling angry and victimized by my own creation. I lost focus on the necessity of destruction leading to recreation. I felt empowered when I returned from my walk that night. Something had shifted internally for me and it felt good. And was no longer irritated about how long this was all taking. I was excited to see what constructive beauty would come out of this process. I now work an extra 25 hours a week waiting tables again. There are times when it can be a little exhausting. I thought it would be incredibly difficult to juggle my home counseling business, two radio shows, writing a monthly blog column, teaching classes, and working a part-time job. But in truth, it's not as hard as I thought it would be. While it is tough being on my feet again, there are some real benefits. I like this part-time restaurant job. It's fun. Gets me out of the house and I'm making excellent extra money. I made a decision in early 2008 that I would get out of debt and make the best money in my life in 2009-2010. This is exactly what is beginning to occur. Yesterday, a note was placed on the front door, on my front door, from the city's road construction crew. The project will be completed in a few weeks. But I know it will realistically take the country quite a bit longer to pull itself back together. I know that its destruction process will soon be replaced by reconstruction and inevitably a more positive and prosperous time. I have reestablished and reconstructed my life so it is now stronger and more solid. Now I can get to continue to use the wisdom of the ox and my charismatic skills as a dragon to lend a hand and guide the people around me to do the very same thing. Okay, so this was actually written in February of 2009. i got a million points to talk about with this because, again, it's even more interesting to me, I guess, to be talking about this sort of after the fact. Uh, yes, I, I like I, I mentioned in the piece, some personal stuff here, and then I have some commentary about some other areas, and then I want to talk about this in relation to my listeners' lives and give you guys some insight that way as well. So... Uh, personally, yeah, that's what happened. I had to go back to waiting tables and bartending. I had not done it at that point for almost uh, uh, probably nine years, so I had never anticipated in my mid-40s to uh, have to go back to doing that, so that was a little upsetting, but I did it. I did it for two years. Eventually, the man owned the restaurant, um, went under and, and went bankrupt, um, uh, which was interesting because he opened an incredibly successful restaurant. It was written up in all kinds of magazines and uh, it did really well for a while, and then there was internal problems, and, and, and a big part of, I think, him going down had to do with the economy. Uh, he opened in just such a rough period. He opened in really in 2009, and, and most people in the country recognize this, but certainly in, uh, in Nevada and Phoenix uh, and Arizona, places like this, we really got hit very hard in those years by the uh, recession. It was really more like a depression. 
So he was really swimming um, against the stream in terms of his timing. But for me personally, for the first year and a half of that restaurant, I was making really, really good money. In addition to still doing my counseling work, which had cut back a lot, people couldn't really swing it in a lot of cases, but I still was making really good money. The interesting thing about the story on my part was, even though I was making tons of money, I was able to begin to pay down my credit card debt. I just realized, you know, about sometime in, in, in late 2009 that no matter what I did, unless I more or less won the lottery, I wasn't getting out of this debt. It was going to take me 10, 20 years to pay this off, even with the extra work I was doing. So I made a very difficult decision at that time, and I defaulted on my credit card and on a second mortgage. Uh, not an easy decision, um, and uh, I uh, was not happy about it, but turned out to be a very good thing. Um, you know, for me, I, I, even to this day, I still don't have credit in, in the traditional sense, but I've lived without credit for uh, five, almost six years now, and i got to tell you, I just pay for things when I have the money. So uh, this turned out my, my destruction of the loss of my credit and getting bombarded with calls and I got a couple of judgments. And, you know, it was a tough thing. They, they, you know, they tried to go after me for it, but ultimately I never even had to do bankruptcy. Being self-employed, um, they, the big thing they could do was wage garnishment. They were never able to do that with me. So I'm actually at that point, six years, Arizona, statute of limitations, where uh, most of this is going to start washing off, which is amazing. Um, but it was not an easy thing to do. It was a really, really tough process. But again, it was a tough process, but it was a good one for me. Because when I really looked at what was going on, I would have been a slave to this for the rest of my life. And um, and it, it took a lot for me to own that and say, you need a reset switch uh, in that respect. So that's the first part of this. So uh, things definitely a, a lot better now since I made that decision. In fact, I've been really helping a lot of people. I often deal with clients who are dealing with tremendous financial difficulty and debt. And I, over the years, I guess, from having gone through this and learned it myself, I've become excellent at counseling and guiding people in this area in terms of, you know, what the best decisions are around that. Um, just another kind of added skill that I kind of ended up developing inadvertently. Um, other thing is, yeah, the home values have gone up here. Uh, they did a great job on the roads. It's really beautiful. Um, it really flows very, very nicely. It took a while, but they definitely did a really, really excellent job. Um, you know, I mentioned in the piece also about um, the uh, roadblocks in the country itself, you know, not getting too political. Um, you know, those were, again, really, really rough years. The inflated housing market and various other issues from banks and, and overextended stuff uh, really put us in a difficult period for a couple of years. But, you know, again, we all collectively, energetically, not that we wanted to do it consciously, but did create it in some respects. I think I remember 2005, 2006, we were spending money uh, that we didn't have. I think a lot of people were doing this. Uh, it was very easy to get loans, um, almost effortlessly. So when I bought this condo, um, I, I mean, I was I was okayed for back in 2003. I was okayed for a hundred and eighty thousand dollar home loan, and this condo cost me uh, seventy five thousand back at the time. In fact, my realtor kept taking me to more expensive places, and I was like, no, I don't want to go into total debt around this. But I mean, I wasn't making that much on the books, and I still got okayed for you know, almost two hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, money to buy a home. Well, that's that's kind of silly, especially since I bought a condo. This wasn't even a house. Uh, so I had a little smarts in the sense to not take advantage of that. 
uh, is already dealing with tons of debt anyway. I just didn't want to add so much more. Plus, it's me and a cat in this home at this point. I mean, how much bigger a place did I really need? So uh, to me, it's just more stuff to clean. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, we, you know, we, I, you know, it, it's very interesting to me because I, you know, I constantly hear people talking about how bad things are and and the evil Obama and all the other silliness that I hear. And you know, the bottom line is, um, I think the president was left with a big mess to have to clean up. Uh, I think it's also not just the president anyway. I mean, I think sometimes people give the president too much power in that sense, like it's a monarch. Uh, in some respects, I think that we had to clean things up. But I think in some ways things have gotten a lot better. Economy is certainly a lot better. Uh, the uh, um, uh, uh, unemployment rate is down. You know, there's still everything is by miles from perfect. But it definitely, to me, is a lot better than where we were in some respects back at that time uh, from having gone through it and, and seeing things more clearly. Um, so that's my other comment. I don't want to get too political. Believe me, trust me, I can go on and on about that topic. Uh, but I think, you know, the reference I made about the year of the ox, to me, again, was kind of interesting because I think that we can, even if you're not an ox in, in Chinese astrology, I think that because sometimes you just have to work hard in that sense and you have to see the value of it. Um, I, I definitely, again, I did that for two years. It, it was a lot. Waiting tables again and, and juggling all of that, um, it, was, uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a little back-breaking sometimes. But you know what? It, it did. It made me stronger. I'm glad I went through it. I'm glad I did it. We'll never have to do it again, very realistically, uh, mostly because I'm just financially where I'm at with business and things. I, I just I don't really need that anymore. Uh, but it's a good skill to always have, but not really something I think I will, will have to go back to or even choose to. Um, so I want to point that out. I'm not waiting tables anymore. That, that's been gone for a number of years now. Uh, so we can all benefit at some level from the energy of uh, of the ox in that respect sometimes. Um, okay. So another point I wanted to kind of get at here that I think is important is, and the basis behind this whole piece is without destruction that can't be cannot be reconstruction sometimes. So for me, uh, and that's what the piece was talking about, I had to reconstruct my financial life. I had to reconstruct a number of things. Uh, and, and after the reconstruction, again, much more sound place. You know, it's interesting to me now living without having credit cards. Um, I mean, I have debit cards and things. There's some, there's some obstructions that come with this, like renting a car or something is a pain in the ass because you they want a credit card. But I'm not looking to buy a home. I'm not looking to buy a car, any of those things anyway. So I don't need a lot of it. But, you know, I see commercials on TV now, and the commercials will be like uh, for a, 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 a furniture store. And they're sort of advertising, you can buy all this furniture now and don't even have to make a payment until 2017. And, all. and I look at this now, and I remember, like, before I, I dealt with this process, I would look at that and say, oh, my God, that's awesome. I think that's miles from awesome at this point. This is this endless tendency to spend money that we don't have. You know, I kind of get within reason, um, obviously, you're not gonna, most of us are going to purchase a home in cash or even necessarily a car in cash. But to me, both of those things are kind of necessities at some level. But we do. I think we get so caught up in uh, – and spending money that we don't have. And I did it. I did it, and I did it, and I did it way too much in that respect. Uh, 
And and then the truth of it is, you know, even when I made the decision about the credit card defaulting, I looked at how much I had paid back over the years, and I had basically paid those debts back, and because of interest rates and various other things, which were astronomically high, that was a big part of it. I was I had uh, Citibank raising me to 23% interest. Yeah, uh, it, basically impossible to even get out at that point. I realized I really had paid this debt off. I wasn't even using those cards that I was going to be paying forever. So I think, like I said, we, we get into a point where even to me the whole concept is, is kind of bizarre and strange in that way. Again, it's spending money that we don't have. You know, the thing with the furniture is you'll get that furniture and you'll be thrilled about it. By the time you pay it off, you'll want new furniture. You know, and then still have the debt. That, that to me, is the whole concept behind all of this. So that was my reconstruction. Now, I think um, uh, for, 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 for everyone, you're going to go through different points in your life where you're going to go through a proverbial shitstorm in some respects or a difficult period where you have to clean house and make some radical changes in your life where it can feel like things are crumbling. You know, many people experience this with relationships. You know, many times people are married or in long-term relationships and they, you know, they have a spouse that cheats on them or they come to the realization themselves that they're not in love, that what they were seeking no longer really fits where they are, that they made wrong decisions, that they've changed and that partner hasn't changed. Um, you know, these processes can be really, really difficult. You know, sometimes people go through this uh, in terms of work or jobs, they, they're kind of set on one career and then they realize that, that they're not fulfilled in this. It was never what they wanted to do. Um, so there's so many different examples of where we can go through this kind of destruction process. But what I always tell my clients to be conscious of is while it can look, again, like a terrible situation and things are falling apart and you're not sure which way you're going, and I mean, while this can be very much part of it, to some extent, we always have to remember, we are creating our reality. In other words, you know, it's not like we get up every day and want to create difficulty for ourselves, but sometimes we have to go through a certain amount of difficulty in order to wake up and move forward. Now, in astrology, in some respects, this can be seen as the influence of Saturn, which represents limitation and fear and restriction and difficulty. You know, Saturn in our chart often shows what we've had to endure, what's been difficult. You know, on the other hand, Saturn in our chart can represent where we're strong, where we're solid, where we're reliable, where we're consistent, where we're wise. But usually that wisdom came from that taught us to be smarter and wiser and stronger. So it's the thing I want to remind people of when you're going through any type of what's seemingly crisis or difficulty, a lot of times it's the fear of what we have to change that's worse than the actual process. I, I can't stress this enough. When I realized that when I was in tremendous financial difficulty back in 2008 that I was going to have to wait tables again, I was horrified at the thought of having to go back to doing that. And meanwhile, when I did it, I loved that job. That was really actually very fun, and it really was great. I made good money during one of the worst times in economic history in, in our lifetimes. Uh, I was doing good, you know, considering. So... Um, that to me was was pivotal. It was, uh, you know, I just this idea in my head. It was shameful. It was humiliating in my mid forties to do that. And but I tell people this too. Like a lot of times when people go through divorce or a breakdown in a relationship, you know, it's like once you get through it, you often can then look back if you're a healthy functioning person and realize that you know this was a good thing. It didn't look like it was good at the time, 
but um, I needed to be away from that person. I wouldn't have met this next person. I wouldn't have gotten comfortable being single. I wouldn't have gone down this road had I not gone through that in some respects. Now, sometimes people will go through incredible difficulty and then become martyrs about it, which means they go through such tough, difficult times that they can't let go of the abuse, and they hold on to it for years and years and years, and it becomes an element and a mantra of their personality and who they are, the assault and what was done to them and what they went through. Uh, and I've got a couple of clients that I've worked with over the years that have been able to move through that stuff. I call it the martyrdom dragon, which is a fear of being victimized. I've some clients who have been amazing and have worked through this stuff. I've had a couple on the way that I don't really know if I can fully help. They cling tenaciously to the victimization, tenaciously to the the, uh, the abuse that they may have experienced, even if it was five years ago or ten years ago or, or 20 years ago. So, uh, you know, that's a tough thing. That's up to individuals whether they want to own that and, and move through that process. But, again, there's almost always purpose behind the destruction in that respect because, again, without destruction, we can't have recreation. Now, for most of us, the good news is we're not going to have a destructive breakdown in our life every other Tuesday. You know, these things tend to happen from time to time or once or twice in a lifetime or, you know, I had a friend of mine seven, eight years ago that was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma in his late 30s. Uh, brutal. Just had a new baby, had a, a three-year-old daughter, uh, had only been married for a couple of years, a uh, very healthy person. You know, that was talk about a breakdown. But he got through cancer treatment and various things. It's a complete remission. And in a lot of ways, it strengthened his relationship with his family and his wife. It's much stronger than it's ever been. And one thing about going through something like that is you're usually going to be able to learn how to not sweat the small stuff. You know what I mean? You know, you go through something this big, the little stuff becomes much less significant. Why get so pissed off and irritated about it, you know? And I've seen that in his character. And he's also become excellent at, as a personal trainer in helping people who, who are going through illness and things because he's very empathetic in that way. And it really, again, it, it ended up being kind of a bad thing that turned out in the long run to be something he overcame and in some ways has strengthened him. So again, and that's an extreme example. Most of us are not going to be hit with something that difficult. But, um, you know, again, that's why we say that, you know, for a lot of people it's this breakdown of relationship. Um, when, you know, someone we've committed to for years, we wonder, you know, do we waste our time? Was it all a lie? You know, all these things that people will go through. But the truth is sometimes we've outgrown things. It no longer fits us. We just need to move to another place, so to speak, in our lives. You know, it's a great idea in theory that you're going to find the love of your life when you're 16 years old at your locker room, at your locker room, at your locker, fall in love in high school and then die together at 94 holding hands in a rocking chair. Which is most of us don't have that experience. We, For many of us, we're meant to have different relationships at different times in our life. And some people are, are, will have long-term, whole lifetime relationships, but the majority of us won't. So when one breaks down, again, maybe we've just changed. Sometimes people are not traveling the same road. It's just, again, when you go through it, it can feel so difficult. Um, okay, so one of the things I wrote in my newsletter, kind of another plug for uh, getting on my mailing list, if you're not already on my mailing list, so you're able to read the columns, is often I also add an editorial about the column as well, too, a little added kind of information on this. And of course, also, I, I do reading specials from time to time in various things, so people who get my column, of course, have access to that. Uh, in fact, everyone who gets my column gets uh, 
you know, five to ten dollars off my normal website listed rate. So there's multiple reasons for doing this. Uh, shameless sales plug there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I had mentioned in in the in the ad of the um, the add-on in my editor's note within my column was I had talked about a card that is very prominent in the Druid tradition. Um, it's not a card; it's an it's an archetype. It is the wild boar. You know, in, in in archetypal astrology, we understand that animals represent attributes of us, almost in an exaggerated way. So I do really cool readings with animal totems. In fact, I'm doing a special this month on that. Um, and the uh, you know, I, I pull a number of these animal totem cards, and we talk about how they relate to your life. It, it sound, doesn't sound like much until you actually do it. Then it's unbelievably fascinating. The other thing I always tell people that's so valuable about working with totems is once you own the totem, so to speak, you understand the energy of that animal, you often have it for life. So it doesn't go away. So even if you've gone on to other totems in other ways, that will never completely leave you because she'll become an attribute of you in the best possible sense. So let me use the boar as an example of this um, because it's perfectly in tune with this whole discussion about destruction and reconstruction. So when it when it, you know we, when working with these particular cards, when I work with clients as a navigational uh, consultant, um, if a card comes up upright, it means that the energy of the animal is much more on target, is much stronger for you. When it comes up reverse, it means you might be struggling with the energy of the animal, or we can sometimes be seeing the shadow or the negative side of what that represents. So let me read to you a brief quote from the uh, Druid Animal Oracle about the wild boar in its reverse position first because it does definitely address this issue. So typically the boar itself as a totem represents the warrior spirit, leadership, and direction. Okay, so get to the page here. Okay, so let me give you a little imagery here too since you guys don't have the card in front of you. He says the card shows a boar in the forest and the foreground lies a bronze carnax with its mouth in the form of a boar's head. Such a battle trumpet had been found in Scotland by the path and also from Scotland. It's the boar stone beside which all Pictish kings took their oaths. To one side we see the bronze, discarded bronze helmet of a warrior complete with boar crest as is found in Wales. In the foreground go mugwort, dandelion, and wild asparagus. Okay, so before I read the reversed positioning of this, let me mention that this whole idea of a boar stone, very medieval in tone, um, kings uh, were, were knighted um, on the boar stones, and, and aristocracy was, was knighted in general. Knights, it was a certain en uh, uh, energy around this that was connected with the energy of the wild boar. And I'll talk to you about that more in a minute. But first, here's the reverse meaning of the card. So when I work with people, if this comes up reversed, usually this says a lot about what they're going through. Drawn reverse, he says, this card may mean that you've lost your sense of direction. There is a close connection or tradition between madness and pigs and boars. At a playful level, this folly is expressed by the Morris dancer who beats the audience with a pig's bladder, also used as a football. But at a more serious level, those who were mad were often made to act as swineherds. Merlin, this period of madness, talks to pigs. And within this image is conveyed the concept that madness and insight are closely allied. Sometimes we have to go through a period of breakdown so that something wider and deeper can enter into our lives. The boar is the emissary of the terrible mother, who is also the initiator. 
Sometimes a period of destruction must precede a period of creation and of rebirth. Okay, a couple of comments here. Um, when he talks about the playful level of the boar, the folly expressed by the Morris dancer who beats the audience with the pig's bladder, to the modern-day equivalent to that, well, and that's such a modern day now, I guess, because this is like the 70s and 80s, but I think of Gallagher you know, smashing the watermelon and that splashing on the crowds, or I think it was Rip Torn or Rip Taylor that would run out with the audience with a bucket and turned out, it looked like it was dumping a bucket of water on the audience and it would be um, confetti. Uh, very gay, by the way. <laughs> I mean that in a positive sense. Um, but so there's a playfulness that can come into play with this. But, you know, sometimes, again, it's people we have, we've lost our sense of direction. In other words, we feel like we're going a little bit mad. But that's the point that Bohr makes, that sometimes madness and insight are more closely allied than you may know. Um, the whole idea of the, the terrible mother, um, it's funny because we can read that at multiple levels. A lot of our wounds can come from issues connected with our mother, about what she did or what she didn't do in that sense, and whether she did or didn't do actually, we perceived it that way is a whole other issue. But uh, no matter what, um, I think the idea is, you know, in the negative side, we can become the terrible mother ourselves. In other words, we can become angry and pissed off and want to retaliate. You have a client right now that, that's going through a perceived breakup. Um, she really isn't technically actually in a relationship. It's a long story. And uh, she found out this guy she has feelings for, um, is dating someone else. I mean, this is, they're not even together. So it's just someone she's had a crush on that she's friends with, and she was angry, and she ripped up the pictures she had of them from years ago. She unfriended him. She went nuts, the terrible mother, the crazy response to things because she'd been hurt at some level. Meanwhile, I'm sure in his end, he doesn't even really even know what's even going on in some respects. Uh, so sometimes, yes, we can, we can want to retaliate and I highly recommend people don't do this, even if you feel like you've been brutalized or hurt. The retaliation part, ugh, I know, it, it, sometimes it's really bad and we want to strike back when someone has done something to us. But um, I, more often than not, I don't recommend that. That just keeps this wheel of difficulty operating at multiple levels. And then what we do to others eventually comes back to us. We can let karma handle it. You know what I mean? As tough as that may be at times when we go through uh, difficulty. Again, I don't want to simplify anything. But the point he kind of makes here also is, like I said, this is something we need to recognize. Sometimes a period of destruction must precede a period of creation and of rebirth. Um, you know, uh, someone just a couple of weeks ago had sent a link through Facebook to me of um, all these casinos in Las Vegas being destroyed uh, when, they, when, they, when they implode them. And it was interesting. I mean, I'm watching all these casinos that I've been in and played in in the past get kind of destroyed. But, like, to me, it's almost more natural in that sense. You know, it's like that's going to go so they can rebuild another casino in that respect that's nicer and more modern, uh, although it still can leave you with a bit of sadness and some of the memories you might have had connected with it. But, again, at a personal level, yeah, sometimes we we go through these processes. We have to remember that when we go through it, that this too shall pass, and often we will come out stronger. It's just often, it's almost like sometimes our higher self just comes in and says, listen, man, we, 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 we need to change this. This is not working anymore. You've got to let this go. Um, ultimately, it's not an outside force, even though it may seem that way. It's something from within us that's asking us to grow and move forward in, in a positive way. Okay, let me read the upright position on the board, because this will give you guys some more insight into one of the more positive elements of how this operates as a totem. 
So he says, if the boar is your totem, boar will open you to the warrior spirit, helping you to find your direction in life. A wild and powerful animal, he calls you into the forest to discover a secret about yourself and about the world. The ritual boar paths that exist in Wales, Cornwall, Ireland, and Scotland exist in the inner world too. And if you follow them, you will come face to face with an animal embodying the wild and untamed power that lies within each one of us. Stare closely at him, and you will discover that he is a representative of the goddess. His skin can heal you. He can inspire you to write music and poetry. His primal power can make you a leader or a chief. See if you can use your wildness and your energy for genuine acts of heroism in a world that longs for insight and healing. Now, this is it's just a beautiful passage, very, 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 very well written. And I think that that's an interesting thing that he kind of brings up here about. Listen, we've all got a wild side that's a part of us that can, you know, can be uh, reactive, can be angry, but also our wildness can be expressed in multiple ways. But if we channel that energy, you know, not toward being angry and, and attacking and creating more havoc in the world, we can channel that energy, our wildness, in a way where we can do good. We can help people. We can do things that are positive. We can, you know, transform not necessarily the whole world, but we can transform the people and things around us if we take a more positive approach to it. You know, it, it seems like a silly thing, but, you know, uh, you, you've probably seen this on the news in other places, this kind of pay-it-forward thing. Like sometimes people will go to Starbucks and they pay for the person behind them, or they, uh, they you know, when they're at the drive through window, they also pay for the person behind them. And what will often happen during the day is people just continue to do that. They just keep paying for the person after them as well, and it sets this kind of thing in motion. Now, whatever your beliefs and opinion and point of view on all of that, so when people do something nice for you, do something wonderful, that can be really transformative in a very, very powerful way. So it's definitely a good thing in some respects. We don't have to do something dramatic in the world to impact it in a positive kind of a way. You know, I have to remember this too. Like when I go to the gym and I'm working out, which I do, you know, maybe four times a week for about an hour a day, um, you know, I get annoyed when it's busy and there's a lot of young kids, like when college is out and stuff, I want to smack them. Uh, the 50-year-old, like, get out of my way, you young whippersnapper, you know, they're a pain in my ass. But, you know, sometimes I'll talk to them and I'll say something complimentary or I'll give them a little insight. And, you know, a lot of these kids, they just light up like Christmas when I do that. And I have to remember that my words, my presence, my energy, I can always direct it in a really, really positive way. I, I tend to do that a lot. Like when I go to, even when I'm shopping in the store, sometimes I'll just be friendly and start talking with someone if I'm on the uh, the cash register line and the person in front is obnoxious, after they go, I'll make the cashier laugh about it at some level and completely change her or his mood for the day because I said something funny. You know, a true Sagittarius that way. I can be very flirty and, and playful in that way to try to get people to lighten up. You know, and again, that's not profound, but it also is. You know, we, we, we have that power to, to do that. And and the thing that the, the, the boar brings up, again, in a more positive sense, is, you know, we all have talents, abilities. We can all be knighted. In other words, we can, we can really make a difference in this world by taking that position of honor and finding what talents and abilities we have and how to use them in the world. You know, for some of us, that's going to be huge in what we do. For some of us, it's small. But small is not small. Small is valuable and useful, too. 
uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of people will say, you know, they didn't have plans for Thanksgiving and they went to a soup kitchen and they helped feed the poor. <laughs> it was one of the best Thanksgiving they ever had. We don't always have to do something necessarily hugely profound to, to transform and help the world. You know, that's uh, up to us individually. But the thing that the boar brings up is, yes, when you, if you tap into this energy, you tap into this energy of the wild boar, you're going to understand something about your own power and your own sense of direction and being able to really, really use that and realize that you may be able to take a different direction toward a goal or you may be able to find another way or approach to doing it. That's what they mean about the boar paths that exist in, in Ireland and Scotland. And, you know, people are lost in the woods. They often find their way out by following the boar paths because the boars and the pigs had already found their way out, which is kind of brilliant. You know, I often will recommend to clients when they're struggling with decision-making which direction they want to go in their life to do a meditation and to meet the boar. In the meditation, go and find the wild boar and see where he leads you in that sense. It may be a scary encounter. You know, if you've ever been up close with wild pigs, it's a little unnerving. I saw them in Sedona once when I was staying at a friend's house. I had gotten up early in the morning, and I saw the wild boars, two of them, rummaging around her patio. It was trippy to see something like that up close. You know what I mean? But again, knowing what it meant, it absolutely was transformative to me to understand the power behind this and, and what it was saying and ultimately what it meant. So... That's why I think this card is bringing up. Every one of you, every person that's listening to this, you may have found your direction already. You may be still looking for it. But realize that you have power. You have talent. You have abilities. You can come into your own leadership, again, whether in a small way or in a big way, um, by, by getting in touch with this energy, by not being afraid of that power, by using, by getting away from being angry and upset about how you were treated or what happened to you and channel that energy for good. Uh, you know, one of my closest friends is a, is a really, really good dad, and he's got really two really wonderful children, and he didn't have a good childhood. So rather than him revisit that with his children, he made that decision to become a better dad, to become a better parent, precisely because of what he had gone through. That's a perfect example of channeling this the right way. It's easy to get caught up in the idea of the, uh, like they talk about the, uh, the, uh, in, the, in the reverse when they talk about the terrible mother, that part of you that wants to fight, that wants to retaliate, that keeps holding on to the injury and the anger. But you know, we can take a different road with this. So that's the key, guys. Realize that you may have gone through, or even some of you listening may be going through it now, you may be going through a destruction process. But realize that's the point behind destruction. It's meant to lead us to reconstruction, to recreation. But sometimes that's what we have to go through first. The old thing must die so that it can be replaced by something more fluid, something better. So understand that even when you're going through it. You know, there's a great line in, uh, in, 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 uh, in, some, uh, in some Asian philo philosophical uh, cultural perspectives about that calamity often gives rise to fortune. Um, and, and there's a lot of truth in that. Things are very cyclical. Um, and I think sometimes we go through a difficult cycle, cycle precisely because we're meant to lead out of it into a more positive, more harmonious, better cycle. We have to go through that first. Uh, looks like we're at the end of the show here, so uh, I've kind of got to finish up here. Um, uh, wishing everybody a happy...
spring. I will be. Uh, I'm going to be on vacation next week, but the week after, I'll be back and I'll be doing an astrology update show. I'll let you know what's going on astrologically. We've got a Mercury retrograde coming. I'll take a couple of live calls during that show. I believe that's two weeks from today. Um, that show will be in effect. I was supposed to do it last month, but I, I just I, I ended up having to cancel the show, which is a bummer. I don't like to do that, but uh, I just got I got so overwhelmed with with clients uh, that day I just lost track and I was. It, Okay, John, already getting my um, uh, monthly column, email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com. I'll add you some monthly email newsletter list. It's blind copy. Don't ever get your information from me. You know, if you're catching the show um, or you're ready to get in my column, guys, you know, pass this off to other like-minded people. Um, you know, I, 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 you don't have to have sessions with me to get value out of the columns and things of that nature. Even if people can't afford at a personal level, to come have sessions with me, reading my column, reading my books, things like that. Listen, guys, you're going to get a lot of insight from it. So it, it's a good thing to do. Share it. I, I appreciate that at all levels. Uh, if you want information about sessions, and that good stuff, go to jimventure.com. Easy enough. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for being with me today. Again, whether you caught the show live or um, in uh, archive, catch any of those that way. And uh, everybody have a great day, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.